free download from Delancey Elim Church. Meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elim Church building at the Banks St. Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. Contact us to find out more information about us. Please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk. Thank you for our tithes and offerings and we pray today for John and Angie, Lord, and just pray, God, that you would be close to them, um, that they would know that your love and your comfort is with them and that you would completely continue to heal and restore John. And I pray, God, as we just send a, a love gift to them, that it would help them to know that they are still very much thought of and loved and cared for by us here, we pray. In your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Up in the sky... Up in the sky, look. Up in the sky, look. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's that's right. It's Superman. Excellent. Okay, where is he? There he is. A well-known phrase, I'm sure. Superman, travelling at the speed of light or near enough travelling at the speed of light, helping to save the planet, helping to save humanity from disaster. He shows up just in the nick of time. I love a superhero movie. Do you love a superhero movie? It's always good, isn't it, to have a good superhero? I wonder which superhero is your favourite. Okay, I've got a selection of superheroes on the screen. Not all of them, but some of them. You might be looking and thinking, who are all of those? But um, there's a good selection there. If you could choose your favourite superhero, I wonder which superhero it would be. And if I gave you the ability to choose a superpower, I wonder what superpower you would choose. Would it be invisibility? Would it be to fly? Would it be to go and save the world? Why don't you turn to the person next to you and tell them, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? And who's your favourite superhero? Off you go. Okay, because it is um, Stephen Haley's special day, I'm going to pick on them. They didn't realise this, but I'm going to pick on them. Steve, what, if you, what, what's your favourite superhero? Which one? Um, Super Ted. Super Ted. Okay, excellent. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. I'll come on to that in a moment. Haley, who's yours? Um, the Hulk. The Hulk? Yeah. Okay, because it resembles Steve or... <laughs> 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 well, we don't want to know, maybe. <laughs> okay, the Hulk. Okay, good. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? I always thought it'd be great if I could be invisible. Wouldn't you love to be invisible? I think that's the little devious side of me, though, because I'd like to play pranks on people, and they'd be like, who's that? <laughs> or I'd like to fly. That would be good. Um, but, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if we had some sort of superpower? If, like Superman, we could 
save the day. We could just, you know, jump in the situation and just do something about it and make things better. Instead, I guess, a lot of the time, we feel a little bit like this song that Coldplay wrote. I don't know if you're familiar with this song, but it says this. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Hercules and his gifts, Spider-Man's control and Batman with his fists, and I clearly don't see myself upon that list. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, the testaments they told, the moon and its eclipse, and Superman unrolls a suit before he lifts, but I'm not the kind of person that it fits. I don't see my name on the superhero list. My body and ability doesn't fit the Superman suit. Some of you might. Or perhaps so we think. What if I were to tell you that actually you do possess a superpower? That the person next to you also possesses a superpower? What if I were to tell you that the superpower that you possess is actually far greater and far more powerful than Superman's, Spider-Man's, Wonder Woman's, or even Super Ted? Now, for those of you who don't know who Super Ted is, you have to leave because you're going to make the rest of us feel too old, okay? <laughs> we all loved Super Ted, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> but we have a superpower. It's the superpower that is greater than all of these superheroes. So what is it? What is the superpower that we possess? Obviously, we have the power of God, yes. But beyond that. Our superpower is this. It's our words. See, we have this amazing power. And it's unleashed with our words. It's unleashed when we speak to one another or we speak to ourselves because words are powerful. And from the very outset of the world, from the outset of creation, we see this because God demonstrates when he creates the universe He speaks things into existence. We see the power of words at the very beginning. Words have the ability to change everything. What we say and what we don't say in life matters. And that applies to what we say and we actually speak out, but that today also applies to the messages we send, the things we post and the things on the social media or emails or even the words that we're thinking and speaking to ourselves. You see, we've been sold a lie. It's the biggest lie we've ever been told. Well, maybe one of the biggest lies we've ever been told. You've probably heard it when you were young. It was this. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We know that phrase, but we know that that phrase is utter rubbish, isn't it? It's rubbish, because words can hurt. And as Maya Angelou said, words are things. Words are actually things. She said this, words get into the wallpaper, they get into the furniture, they get into our clothes, and they get into us. Words have meaning and they matter we have an incredible power with our words to make a huge difference. And as Spider-Man said, 
with great power comes great responsibility. Wise old Spider-Man. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. And our superpower is this, that with our words, we have a responsibility about what we're saying. What are we saying today? What are we saying and what are we not saying? What are we saying to others and what are we saying to ourselves? James gives us some more insight into this area. So let us turn to James and we've been looking at James, the book and the letter and we're in chapter 3 now. So if you've got your Bibles and you want to turn and follow, it's in chapter 3. Let us read this together. It's up on the screen as well if you need it. Okay. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by, very, by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. That's pretty big, isn't it? For every kind of beast and bird, reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. I want us to look just quickly at a few different things. First of all, by the, wor- the words spoken by us. You see, James highlights um, the weight of responsibility, first of all, for those who teach, and um, I realise that myself. I take on that responsi- responsibility. Um, you know, I don't take it lightly that any of us in a teaching position have to be careful of what we say because we'll be held accountable for what we say and lead others into. But James doesn't stop there. He he isn't just talking to people who teach. He speaks to everyone. In verse 2 he says, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. Now that word, perfect, it's translated as complete. When we looked at chapter 1 in verse 4 a few weeks ago, we saw that same word. So having control of our tongue for James is a sign of completeness. It's a sign of our Christian maturity. James wants his audience to realise just what power, influence and impact the tongue, our words, can really have on other people. It may be small in comparison to the other members of the body. He gives us some examples. 
just like the bit in the mouth of a horse or the rudder on a ship or just a little spark to a forest fire. They're very small things but they have really big consequences, don't they? They really make a difference, those small little things. I think the, the world is waking up to this truth, isn't it? We see it today. I was reading an article in the Sunday Times last week and the headline said this, it said, Lend me your ears, words have never mattered more. We're in a time where words are being, you know, um, scrutinised and, and it really does matter. The article was about, you know, warning our politicians, it was warning our MPs to think about what they were saying because, you know, last week we saw in the news there was just chaos, wasn't there? Chaos in the Houses of Parliament um, as people were saying all sorts of things and MPs were accused of speaking without thinking. And on the world stage at this moment, time and time again, the words people are using are coming under fire. Why? Because they matter. Because people are saying that actually the words that these people are using, they have an influence and they have an impact and they will make a difference. You can't just say any old thing. These words can divide even a nation or they can unite. Our words give out energy. When we speak, we can either give a positive energy out or we can give a negative energy out and that energy will be absorbed by the listener when we're speaking. What are we saying? What do our words sound like? Are our words positive or are they negative? Are they building people up or are they tearing people down? Are they selfish or selfless? Do we find ourselves boasting? Find ourselves complaining and whinging and maybe being critical or cruel? I don't know, the list could go on. But the tongue has the power to do damage. We see it time and time again. How words have destroyed marriages, destroyed relationships, friendships are lost over the things that we say to one another. Children grow up devastated in all sorts of ways with their self-image, their identity, all different things because positive words weren't given to them. Bitterness sets in because of our words. Division can happen. And it's because maybe we haven't thought through what we've been saying. Interestingly, I found out that the tongue is split into five different elements. There's the salty, bitter, sour, sweet and savoury. You probably knew that. But I think that's quite a reflection of our speech. How sometimes our words can be really sweet, savoury, but sometimes they can be bitter or sour. And James warns us, he says this, you know, with the tongue, we bless God, we bless our Father, and yet, with that same tongue, we curse people who are made in the very image and likeness of our Father, the very people that God our Father really loves. And James says, this shouldn't be the case. I was doing my shopping Uh, not so long ago and forgive me if you've heard this story because I have told some of you but I was doing my shopping in a well-known supermarket and um, I had an experience that I kind of wish I I, I didn't have Um, I don't know if you were like me okay but as a teenager I really suffered because 
I looked younger than my age. Um, and uh, so I was always ID'd. And I hated it. I hated the fact that I always looked so young and I would get ID'd. So the first time, you know, I went into pubs or clubs, they would ask for my ID. Um, when I was a night out with my friends, we wanted to go to this pub. I didn't have my ID, so we all had to leave. You know, it's like one of those things. And the worst occasion was when I was buying a can of deodorant. Uh, I was 23, and um, I got ID'd. Now, hang on, how old do you have to be to buy deodorant? <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, the worst thing was, was that I was with my youth group at the time, who were 16, and didn't get ID'd. So... I did try and explain I was the youth leader of this group and it was all okay and it was fine. Anyway, I tell you that because it was something that used to be quite upsetting really. Um, you know, when you're, when you're younger you always want to look older, don't you? Um, but of course the older I get, it's a really good trait <laughs> to look younger. I really love it now. If somebody asks for my ID, it's a real boost, isn't it? Because, you know, when I was turning 30 and somebody still checked me for my ID, I was thinking, get in. This is brilliant. Now I'm reaping the benefits of youth. Brilliant. But the other day, when I was in this supermarket, all my hopes were shattered because I suddenly I realised I crossed the point of no return because I had all my items lined up and I, I was, you know, with the lady at the till and she's scanned all my items, but there was a bottle of wine in there, and um, she looked at me, you know, she looked up and she looked at me and she paused, and she studied my face, and um, I thought to myself, this is it, I've arrived, I'm 38 years old, and I'm still going to get asked for ID, I look 18, this is brilliant, (laughs) how very wrong could I be, she paused, she studied, And she proceeded to tell me her conclusion. She said this. Don't worry, love. I can tell you're old enough. It's the lines around your eyes that give you away. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Now, do you know, (laughs) I'm not saying that we should go around lying and not being truthful, but as John Wesley once said to the woman who told him her talent was to speak her mind, I don't think God would mind if you buried that talent. (laughs) That's what I felt like saying to that woman. You know, I just went away a little bit dejected from that moment. I wasn't too worried, but you know, throwaway comments. They have a lasting impact, don't they, on us? Following that incident, I've been doing face exercises ever since. (laughs) Apparently, you can do all sorts now on YouTube. I googled that. And um, I've got this list now of six face exercises I can do just to get rid of those lines, you know. Now, we may think to ourselves that our speech is okay. Actually, our speech is pretty all right. It's not too gossipy. It's not too cruel. It's not too negative. You know, it's not untruthful or boastful. We might think, actually, yeah, my speech is okay. But I want to challenge us as well about what we're not saying that perhaps we could be or should be saying as well. We know how many opportunities perhaps do we miss to say something great, to say something positive or encouraging or uplifting or kind to someone. It might not be that we're saying anything bad, but do we take the opportunity to say something good that demonstrates a thankfulness, a humility? I read something online the other day. There's lots of stuff online, isn't it? But I read this and it, it woke me up. It said this. 
If you woke up tomorrow with only the things you'd been thankful for yesterday, what would you have? If you woke up tomorrow with only the things you'd been thankful for yesterday, what would you have? And it challenged me because I thought, what would I have? What was I thankful for yesterday? Did any thanks come from my lips yesterday? What would I have? Makes you stop and think. I was flying to the UK a few months ago and um, I've never been on a flight quite like this before. Um, The pilot, and I don't remember his name, I think it was Michael or Matthew or Mark or something beginning with them, I'm sure. And he was just the best pilot ever. He was the most friendly, positive pilot I've ever, ever had He just oozed this positivity. And of course, it was only over the tannoy because we wouldn't see him, but he was just speaking to us over the tannoy. And he was laughing and he was joking and it was just brilliant. It was like in-flight entertainment. You didn't need a movie. You just had this pilot. And as a a group of people, as passengers on the plane, we were all kind of laughing together. And I was sat next to this lady and we just started chatting about it. And um, we both agreed that... He was the type of pilot you'd want on every flight. He was just great. And he really united us as passengers. Most flights I go on, I, I, you know, I'm one of those people who's like, don't talk to me, I just, um, don't talk to, I just want to read. That's really bad, isn't it? <laughs> um, but, like, you know, you're just kind of in your little zone, aren't you? And, like, you don't really... But this brought us all together. We were like... It was just brilliant. It was just great. And it was all because of what he said. He was just so positive. And his words just changed the atmosphere on the flight. You may think to yourself, well, what can I do? You know, what is my purpose? What, how can God use me? How can I serve God better? You know what? It's very simple. We have a superpower. And the biggest, most powerful thing we can use is our words. We can speak them to people. We can write them to people. We can message them. We can carry a pigeon them if you want to. Well... Not sure how feasible that would be. But we can find lots of ways to talk to people and speak to people and communicate and bring positivity into their life. But let us not remain silent. What are the words that we are saying to others? But what are the words spoken over us, perhaps? I'm sure we will all know too well um, the power that someone's words have over our own lives that people have said things to you, positive or negative, that have had a major impact, major influence on your life. I can think back to lots of times when people say great positive, uplifting things to me. You guys say that to me. And it changes things. It changes the way you feel. It changes your day. It changes your situation. It might even change your whole future. But there will be some of you sat here today And you'll have had experience of negative words over your life. People have said things that have been hurtful, that haven't been great. And actually what happens is those things so often stick and we play them time and time again, over and over in our minds. And they have power to have a hold over us. And what's happened is because they were spoken to you, because these words were spoken over your life, you now maybe, even without being aware of it really, you speak them to yourself and you believe them to be true. And what we speak then to ourselves becomes a reality. Gandhi said this, your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your words. 
Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your values. Your values become your destiny. Our words have an impact. And people's words over our lives have had an impact, I'm sure, on us. But I want to encourage you today to to put those negative words, those things that have been said over your life, to put them away and not to recall them. They've no authority over you. They've no authority. They're not from Father God for you. And we can't let those words dictate what we say to ourselves. What are you saying to yourself this morning? What words do you speak into your own life, over your own life, into your situation? It could be negative things because of what people have said to you, but it could be negative things just because of the way you see yourself, perhaps. But whatever you're speaking, whatever we're speaking into our lives about ourselves, about our situation, I think it matters. I think they can become self-fulfilling. The way we view ourselves, the way we view our situation, often, not always, but can be a product of how we talk and how we speak about ourselves. You know, you might be the most encouraging person. You might be the person that goes and always says kind words, uplifting words, words of, of kindness and grace and humility to other people. But when it comes to yourself you don't use the same language. You might be great to others, but when it comes to yourself, you continue to say negative things over your own life. Things like, I'm a failure. I'm useless. I'm unlovable. I'm unattractive. I'm hopeless. My situation is a desperate, a disaster. It's hopeless. I could go on. You get the picture of what I'm saying. And your words have power. They have power to influence and impact and change. Are these words, words that God would say to you? Because if they're not, they're not true. And we need to get rid of them. God is never going to say to you, you're useless, you're a failure, you're hopeless. So we shouldn't be saying them to ourselves. It may be that other people have used those things against us. Other people have said things to us, negative things, things that have just taken a hold. But God the Father is not speaking those words. And if God the Father isn't speaking those words, then we need to kick them out and get rid of them. They're not truthful. So what can we do, finally? Well, when reading the passage we've just read... We can feel perhaps a little disheartened because James writes this, for every type of creature can be tamed, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. And you're looking at that and you're thinking, crikey, Moses, we're doomed. What are we to do? We can't tame the tongue. No human being can. It's evil. It's poisonous. But just in James's style and fashion, he doesn't leave it there. He carries on and he goes further into verse 13 to 18. So let's quickly have a look at this. It says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic, 
For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You see, James goes on. Sometimes when we read the Bible, it's split into different sections. It wasn't written like that. It was written all in one, wasn't it? And so he goes on and he gives us some insight because he says this, the opposite of a wise heart, we're told, is the heart outlined in verse 14, bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. So you have a wise heart or the opposite, it's a bitter, jealous, selfish heart. And that wisdom is not from God, it's directed by the devil, we're told. And it's the type of heart that drives the tongue that in one moment will praise God and in one moment will curse other people made in his likeness. One moment will be singing to God and the next moment using words to tear people down. We can't tame the tongue, but we can change the heart. And taming the tongue stems from humbling our hearts and seeking God's wisdom, which we know from a few weeks ago in chapter 1, God said to us, just ask. Ask for my wisdom. I'll give it to you. So if we want to change our words, it starts in here in our heart, doesn't it? We know that what comes out of the mouth comes from within us. Godly wisdom leads to speech and actions that are filled with goodness and kindness and peace and compassion. Our tongues, as verse 6 says, can be set on fire by hell or they can be set on fire by heaven. As Christians, heavenly wisdom, as the theologian Timothy Keller says, is our native tongue. Heavenly wisdom is our native tongue that we need to be fluent in. How do we control our tongues? We seek God's wisdom and help. We can't just do it on our own and muster up enough energy. I want us today to be mindful of what James has said, to think about the things we say, the words we use and the power that they have to change, to influence, to impact. You might be sat there today, you might be thinking, yeah, actually I need to take stock of what I say to other people. Maybe I could take the opportunity to be more encouraging or more loving or more giving. You might be sat there today thinking, actually, what's for me is that, yeah, I'm really good at speaking good words to other people, but actually to myself, I'm not great at that. And I say things to myself that aren't great and I need to stop that because that's not healthy for me or my situation. I'm going to invite the worship group to come back. And uh, we're just going to sing a final song just to help us to process what we've just heard and to think about what we've just heard. And whilst we sing, let us think about that message and think, okay, Lord, what am I saying? What am I saying today? What is coming out of my mouth? Is it good? Is it uplifting? Is it building others? Am I not taking every opportunity to do that? What am I saying over my own life? What have others said over my life that actually I need perhaps just to get rid of? 
Get rid of those negative things. If it's not what the Father would say, let's forget it. Let's stand together. Lord God, we thank you for your word today to our lives. And Lord God, I just pray that it would just sink into us. Lord God, and we would just be able to be mindful of the power that we have just in the words that we say. Lord, I pray that every opportunity we have that we will take to be able to encourage, to be able to build up, to express kind words and loving words. Lord, to be positive where we can be positive, Lord. And God, I pray if there's anyone here this morning who continues to say negative things over their own lives, Lord, I pray that you might come alongside them today and they might know their identity in you. They might know that those words are not from you. I pray that you'd break the stronghold of negative words over our lives. And no longer would we have those things going over in our minds again and again. But Lord, we would have the words from heaven where you say to us that you love us, that we're your children, that we're chosen. God, I pray today that anybody here who is just struggling to say positive things over themselves, Lord, I just pray that you'd come alongside them and that you'd help them to see themselves as you see them. To see themselves through your eyes. God, I thank you that you sing over us, that you delight over us. God, help us to follow in your footsteps, in the example that you gave to us. And I pray that we would speak up when we need to speak up and not be silent. In your mighty name. Download from Luxury Love Church for more downloads, information, or contact us. Please visit our website, theluxurylove.co.uk.